0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Good morning, everyone. Come on, God is good. I feel his presence in the house today. So excited. I want to say hello to all of our online family and everyone at Philly Tab. Come on, let's cheer for Philly Tab. Yeah. Woohoo! Can I tell you we were there last week as you know, we were also there for prayer meeting. And I am so excited because God is doing great things in Philadelphia. God is raising up a team, and people are giving their lives to Christ. Do you know we took in nine new members? But what was unique about those nine new members is that eight of them were like new people that kind of came when we started, and the momentum is beginning, and the people are growing in God, and they're crying out to God. Could we praise God? Because Jesus is building his church, hallelujah. Amen. And today as we continue the living the dream season, I want to I start in a very particular way. So as we talk about living the dream, it's vitally important that you put your confidence in God today. It's vitally important that you believe that God has a dream for your life. If you're watching online, if you have a heart for God, God has a dream for you. And God's dream is great, and God's dream is powerful, and God's dream is able to come to pass. All we need to do is trust him and follow him and believe him. Somebody say amen. God's dream is more powerful than your painful past. God's dream is more powerful than your disappointments, than your discouragements. God's dream is greater than the ocean of negativity that may have washed over. The Holy Spirit will push it back. How many know God is able? He who begins that good work will carry it on to completion. God has a dream for your life, and you need to believe it. And he has a dream for all of us, and it is Powerful, but we begin. We talked about this last week, so I want to reiterate this in Philadelphia online. You have to believe in the fulfilling power of God. He who begins the good work will carry it on to completion. It's not about your ability, it's about God's ability. How many believe God is able? Come on, say God is able and put your hands together. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, here's the key. Here's the key. When we talk about God's fulfilling power, the life of Joseph, and I hope you're reading through the life of Joseph. Read it over and over and over again. I've been reading it for 40 years, and in this last season, I've seen more in this story than I ever have before. One of the things that you're gonna notice is that when God is working out his dream, there's a process before there's progress. Let me put it this way, I said to someone once, when it comes to God, it's your character before your career. Some people want their career to flesh out, but God wants your character to grow. Somebody say amen. And so what you have to understand is that God works, but he works in his way. God's schedule for your dream is based on God's dream. And so as we start this message, you have to begin with the fact that it's his dream for your life. We're praying for God's dream. Everyone say, your dream dream. for my life. God has a dream, and his dream is better than your dream. And his ways are higher than your ways. And so we have to get into this space. And today, what we're going to see in the life of Joseph is that God begins, and he begins with us online in Philadelphia and in this room here in Chicago, okay, God begins by dealing with one of the most sensitive and delicate issues that we all can struggle with, which speaks to our family-related dysfunctions and our past-related traumas. There is great dysfunction in the first family of faith. And the Bible is a book that is so immensely true, if you take the time to look at it, and yet so immensely encouraging. And this is very, very powerful. Many of us, not everyone grew up in a dysfunctional home, but most families have issues. (laughs) We'll leave it right there. And in addition to that, even in the best of homes, one of the most challenging things about even being a parent is, is like, look, when you're a parent, you want to protect your kids, right? You don't want them to go through the stuff that you go through. But kids are people too. And they get attacked and they, and, and, and they go through battles and things happen in, in elementary school and things happen in high school that, that can wound them or sting them or hurt them. This is life. We live in a fallen world, but nothing can stop God's dream for our lives. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. And so the title of today's message is Dreamers Overcome Dysfunction. Dreamers Overcome Dysfunction. And I'm telling you right now, we can overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit with the word of God, through the love of God, the light of God, and the truth of God. And so this is going to be delicate stuff, but I want to pray right now, even before we read the word, that God would give us a heart to receive. Say, "Give give me an ear to hear what the Spirit would say. So come on, lift your hands with me. In Philadelphia, online, wherever you are. I love to lift my hands. It's a form of surrender. You know, babies lift their hands to mom and dad like little babies. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the presence of your spirit. And Lord, we thank you for the power of your word. Your word is powerful. Your word is life. It's light. It's truth. It's truth that sets us free. And God, we pray that you would give us ears, oh Lord, to hear what the spirit would say. God, we give you, Lord God, access, Lord. We don't wanna hide from you today. We wanna open up our hearts to you. And Lord, even as we take communion, we wanna come into the light and we wanna wanna say, have your way. Lord, no excuses today, no running today, Lord. Have your way. Speak to even the most delicate and sensitive parts of who we are. God, we want to keep the yoke on. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. Your dream for our lives is what we're asking for. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for it. And everyone said, amen. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. So last week we read Joseph... Uh, We read Genesis chapter 37, 1 through 5. Today we're going to do 5, just 5 through 11. And by the way, I'm going to spend two weeks on the topic differently, obviously, but two weeks on the topic of dysfunction. I really wish I had about four hours to preach, but I know you get hungry like that, you know. (laughs) Let's go. It says, Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. That's not a healthy family, is it? He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule over us? mark. And they hated him all the more because of his dream and, and what he had said. Nothing worse than jealousy and anger and resentment instead of love and support in a family. And I pray that if you're part of that today, the Lord, as we take him, he's going to wash that stuff away. It says, then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream and this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. And when he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? So now his dad is rebuking him, but watch this, this is the key text. It says, his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept this in mind. His father kept this in mind. Now this is a very important verse. And here's what I believe. I believe his father was thinking, here we go again. You see, when you look at the family tree Even though the Bible says, and don't put that up yet, but even though the Bible says, God said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were a family. This is the first family of faith, so to speak. Okay, Abraham was the father of faith, but there were issues in this family. And I want you to know, God doesn't promise things to perfect people. God promises things to imperfect people, and he still fulfills that promise. How many would say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Don't listen to or Insta, Watch Instagram and, and, and listen to the news and take all of these things and get it in your head that you have to be perfect. No one is perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. Amen. And God grows us and transforms us by his mighty power. But when, when Jacob said, when the Bible says Jacob, his father was thinking about this, here's what he was thinking. He's like, here we go again. Because guess what? When I was born, there was a prophecy about me. And the prophecy about me was ironically, not so ironic. The prophecy was the older will serve the younger. Do you know that was spoken over Jacob's life? And then Jacob was in a dysfunctional family too. So the reason why Jacob's kids are kind of jacked up is because Jacob was kind of jacked up. Part of the reason that Jacob was kind of jacked up is that Isaac had issues. Part of the reason that Isaac had issues uh, was because Abraham had issues. So I'm going to walk through this for a minute. Just so that I am the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And I want you to burn this into your heart because the next time you feel condemned or left out or pushed out, I'm telling you right now, that is a lie from the pit of hell. If you are a child of God, you belong to Jesus and God has a dream for you. God has a dream for your life. So watch this now. So Abraham starts this tree. His early uh, uh, Abraham is the trunk of this tree. so Abraham struggled with fear and self-protection resulting in lying, lying. So he, God said, "Go, Abraham." And as Abraham moved out in faith, he would come into these new territories, but Abraham's wife was beautiful. And so back in the day, if you had a beautiful wife and you walked into the wrong territory, you could be killed for having a a beautiful wife. All the brothers say, thank God that's done. (laughs) Come on ladies, that was a compliment. (laughs) So he started lying, but guess what? His whole family watched him lie. And imagine two times, how does his wife feel? Okay, So then when Isaac grows up, Isaac lied just like his dad. But it actually got a little worse because Isaac became spiritually lazy. Everyone say spiritually lazy. Now here's the thing. Isaac's life wasn't filled with a ton of trouble, but it also wasn't filled with a ton of progress either. And sometimes people, they don't have trouble because they're never stepping out. Why should the devil bother you if you're never stepping out? If you only focus on yourself, your progress, you're this, you're that. So don't be like, oh, I'm perfect because everything went well. Maybe you avoided all of the kingdom danger zones. So he became spiritually lazy, and here's what happened. He started, to, he started choosing his preferences over prophecy Because when his sons were born, the prophecy came forth, the older will serve the younger. But see, uh, Jacob learned favoritism because the Bible says that Isaac favored Esau because Esau was into his things, Jacob wasn't. But however, his mom and Jacob, they knew the prophecy, they honored the prophecy. And so what happened, this is really sad But Jacob's mother helped him scheme to steal the blessing from his brother, which God already had given him through through a prophetic word. And and Isaac, listen to this, Isaac was so spiritually lazy and dull that when his son comes to, to steal the blessing, he dressed up like his brother. He not only could not discern his own son, but he spiritually couldn't discern God's will. This is deep, man. This is deep. And so he chose his preferences over prophecy. Always choose the word of God. Because let me tell you something. If you're spiritually lazy you will become spiritually dull. And we're gonna talk some more about this, okay? So now, Jacob, who learned from his own mother how to lie to his father, Jacob was a trickster. That's what Jacob means, you see? But now Jacob has a family, and Jacob is trying to live by faith, and think good things are happening for Jacob. At a certain point, God put Jacob through his own process, just like Joseph. And God, God, the first job that Jacob really had, he was working for a trickster. So after all the tricking in his life, he worked for a trickster, and then he stops doing the tricking. See? So sometimes we find ourselves in places that we don't like, but we don't realize God is working right now. And he's working on our character. Okay so then now Jacob because his early life was filled with deception he foolishly like his father practiced favoritism amongst his sons and the thing starts all over again but here is what power is what's here's what's powerful about this story Because then comes Joseph. And you know what Joseph said? Joseph said, it ends with me. I want everybody to say, it ends with me. I want you to say, it ends in me. I'm telling you right now, we are praying today, right? God, he will never let us down. You will never let me down. You will never let me down, and God can work if we open up our hearts. Everybody say, it ends in me. It ends with me. Will you be courageous enough to open up your heart to God and to say, Lord, whatever you got to do in my life, would you break dysfunction? Would you break fear and anger and perversion and, and injustice and unforgiveness? Would you break it in me, God? Let it end in me. That's what God wants to do today. He wants it to end in us. So, so powerful. So, so powerful. Now here's the way I wanna sum this up before I start applying the message. Remember this, dysfunction leads to dullness, dullness leads to denial, Denial leads to deception. Okay? If you come from a dysfunctional upbringing, what it does is it makes you dull. It's actually spiritual dullness. Okay? So look, if a dad, I had a a wife say to me, this was many years ago, I had a wife say to me, I don't know what to do. My husband watches rated R movies and the kids are walking in and out of the room and they're watching that. So what happens to that boy? That boy becomes dull to sin. You understand? Dysfunction leads to dullness. So now when you're dull, dullness leads to denial. What's wrong? Nothing's wrong. You've got this issue. I don't got that issue. You got an issue. We'll get there. You understand? I want you to know, and I, 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 I should have said this, at the end of Jacob's life, he prophesies over his son. Okay? So instead of saying, wait a second, I'm not gonna let the same thing that happened in my family, that happened in my upbringing, I'm not gonna let it happen in my family. He waited to the end of his life to prophesy over his sons. What he should have done is say, come on family, and somebody, I'm telling you right now, after today, we need some family meetings. We need some family prayer meetings that are gonna declare the blessing of God and the goodness of God and plead the blood of Jesus. What he should have done at this moment is he should have brought all the sons and he should have said, look, the word of the Lord is that God has some great things for Joseph, but God has great things for you, Reuben, and God has great things for Benjamin, and I prophesy over all of you, and God has great things for all of you, and God can bless all of you. You don't have to fight. You don't have to be jealous. We can support one another, and God has great things for all of his children. How many believe that here today? Hallelujah. Don't wait till tomorrow to deal with your dysfunction. He should have stopped it right there and prophesied right there. This is the moment. God would have helped him and he should have said to his sons, yes, God has a special calling upon his life, but you're all special. And he has special things for all of you. However, here's the truth. And this is why I gotta say this. Look, Dysfunction leads to dullness. Dullness leads to denial. Denial leads to deception. So the enemy is tricking our world. Do you know we're living in a world where Christians are asking themselves is there a difference between a man and a woman? How in the world could that be possible? You know why? Dysfunction leads to dullness. Dullness leads to denial. Denial opens the door to everyone. Deception. We can overcome dysfunction. But when it comes to dysfunction, I got two points to make. Number one, if we discern it, we can defeat it. If we discern it, we can defeat it. But you can only defeat it if you discern it. It begins with discernment. Now, discernment is a spiritual word. Here's the: It means to separate, to make a distinction, to learn by discrimination. It means that the Holy Spirit, by the word of God, feeding the word of God, all of these things, the Holy Spirit can give you discernment. So that you're not looking with human eyes, with secular eyes, you're looking with spiritual eyes. You're looking with the mind. We have the mind of Christ, but we have to walk with the mind of Christ. And there could be many things that in ourselves, we don't realize how this has happened, but we've gotten spiritually dull. We've started to deny. And consequently, we open up the door for deception. Very often, traumatized people don't understand themselves. You have to know the truth before the truth can set you free. Watch this. You come on, say it with me. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But watch this: you know it first, you can discern it first. If we can discern it, whatever your issues are, if you can spiritually discern what the issues are, you can defeat it. Because that's the first step. You know the truth first, then the truth sets you free. That's the way that verse really applies. It's not that you just get something in your head. It's that you get a spiritual revelation and understanding. So that spiritual revelation and understanding can now bring the release. So last week I talked about the fact that you have to know what you're blocking. You have to know what arguments you're accepting. You have to know what, what is the real pathway to freedom. And if we're, not, if, if we're not careful, it's possible that disappointments and hurts become the new compass of, of our lives. Some people are led more based on their disappointments and their hurts than on the truth. You understand? So I know this is deep, but you're sticking with me. Amen? So part of what we have to get is there is a discernment. And what I want to do is give a general explanation, even on how a, a Christian encounters the enemy. So how does the enemy, there are basic ways that the enemy attacks your life. I want to break that down for you today. So look at this. So every Christian gets attacked. If you're a Christian, that means you're born again. It means you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. And, you, and the Spirit of God was now comes into your heart. The only way to be a Christian is you must have the Spirit of Christ in your heart. If they have not the spirit of Christ, it says in Romans, then then they're they're not of the spirit. You're not born again. You must be born again. What does born again mean? It means you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You invite him into your heart. And by his spirit, he lives inside of you. Anybody here got a new spirit? Come on. Hallelujah. (laughs) We praise God for that. However, even if you have a new spirit, the first way that we encounter the enemy is through fiery darts. Through temptation. Don't be surprised if you have temptation. That's just the devil. Okay? But in addition to that, he also plays upon our carnality, our flesh. You can be a spiritual Christian, but you can also be a carnal Christian. Are you not carnal, it says in Peter. And carnal means that you could be a Christian, but, you'd be, but you're very disobedient to God. Some Christians are very disobedient to their master, to their Lord. You can be selfish and you put yourself before the, instead of saying not my will, thy will be done, you say my will is the only thing I'm worrying about getting done, okay? This is the truth, you have to discern this. And when you yield to the flesh instead of the spirit, you start to become a carnal Christian. That's why Christians can curse now. That's why Christians can, can watch filth and can act in certain ways. It's because we get in the flesh and we've all been there. The right trigger can get the flesh out of anybody. Just depends on what it is. We've all got our buttons. You know what I mean? And so, but the enemy is attacking your flesh. He's finding ways to get you into the flesh. And then the third one is oppression. Oppression is when you get into a place that you're living more in a place of deceit and confusion, you're literally tormented or trauma, you are, you're literally a Christian, but you're defeated. There are states of defeat and states of affliction. Christians can be oppressed. Let me tell you what cannot be. A Christian cannot be possessed. Because if the Holy Spirit is in there, the devil's not getting in there. Somebody say amen. Okay. And by the way, by the way, there are lots of kind of different teachings about this. But I'm telling you right now, after the new covenant was enacted, when Jesus rose from the dead, there's not one instance of a Christian being demon-possessed. Well, people demon-possessed, yes, but not a Christian. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Will somebody please say amen to that? However, I want to explain oppression to you. Because there has, I've never seen more oppression since I've been a Christian than in the last three years. So I want to use this as an example for you. So look, this is your spirit, okay? Watching online, this is your spirit. And... It's supposed to be wide, clean, open to God, open to truth. But let's say you have a day, fiery darts come, temptations come, you start to give in and so it goes like that. And then you, instead of praying, instead of asking for prayer, instead of reading your Bible, you start to yield to things that are not of God and so and then in some cases look you go you go 6 months without reading the bible you know you fill yourself with negativity with 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 garbage you 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 live in environments that are so negative and ungodly and you start to make room for the enemy And even, I wanted to put on some black gloves, but it would take too long. But here's what the enemy can do. The enemy can oppress you. He can't get in you, not if you're a Christian, okay? But he can oppress you. But see, we're taking communion today. The power of the blood of Jesus pushes his hands off. You start to feed yourself the word of God and your spirit starts to expand again. He not only makes you white, and then you could get to the place you're worshiping God and and praying and serving and living and obeying, and all of a sudden your spirit will open right back up again, and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The devil must take his hands off of you and your family. He must take his hands off. But you have to exercise the authority of the believer. We give the enemy too much authority. We give the world too much authority. But we need to give the authority to Christ. Put on the full armor of God, the Bible says. Hallelujah. That's why you got to read your Bible. You got to fill yourself with the Bible. Because when you discern it, then you can understand. Now, let me just say two quick things about the family tree and about even demon possession, okay, because it just seems like even as of late, I heard there's like movies and all kinds of stuff, but I want to give you two very important verses, okay. Galatians 3.13 says this, Christ redeemed us from the, everyone, curse. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, by becoming a curse for us. Some people don't understand the power of the cross. You understand? The cross is so powerful, okay? By becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hung on a pole. What is this talking about? This is saying, that when Jesus went to the cross, Jesus took on the curse of sin and death. Therefore, there is no such thing as a generational curse on a Christian. We all can have to deal with generational sin, but there is no such thing. Look at what the Bible says. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we, everybody say that's me, okay, might become the righteousness of God. Because of the blood of Jesus, you are perfectly righteous in God. Come on, thank God for how righteous you really are. So you have to receive deeply when you look at the cross, when we take communion, it is a fresh start. It is a new beginning. It is devil, get off of my life right now. I'm taking in the blood of Jesus and I'm getting back. I'm getting right with God again. Some people don't understand the power of getting right with Jesus. Though your sins be as scarlet, his mercies are new every morning. Anybody here thankful that he's rich in mercy? (laughs) Discern it and start again. This is a big deal, okay? There's no such thing as generational curses on a Christian. when, When you believe that you are cursed, You're minimizing the power of what he did on the cross. Now, but here's what the Bible says. See, my responsibility as a pastor is to rightly divide the word of truth. Okay? And it's not about what I like or what my preferences is. If I can't get it out of the Bible, I can't stand on that. You know? And I'm gonna say this, I wanna say it delicately because I never wanna criticize other ministries, but I want you to know, it is very easy to say things that are sensational and get a following, but it's still deceptive. If it doesn't rightly divide the word of truth and whoever teaches, and you need to pray for all of us, okay, so there's, this is like a great privilege, to serve you is a great privilege, but it's also a huge responsibility. And I carry that responsibility 24 seven. Okay, we want you to grow in God. We want you to be privately healthy. I can't even put into words how much I've prayed for you this past week. To them that believe, he gave them the power to become. And I've told the Lord, I want to see people become. I don't want people to get saved and then walk around like they're crippled. I want them to be healed. I want them to rise. Hallelujah, God, you can rise in God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But man, if you want victory, you got to surrender. You gotta yield, and that's what it is. And anybody who's like, don't be telling me what to do, you are missing it. Because the dream that Jesus has for you is a billion times better than your dream. So now, but in rightly dividing the word of truth, here's another side to this. The Bible says, in the last days, because if you want to describe what's happened, so much division in the church, so many fights, so many battles, so many people leaving this church for that church, all kinds of craziness in the body, so much stress and strife. Listen to this, okay? 1 Timothy 4.1. And I, you know what? I have to say this. In Philadelphia, I have to say this. This is what the Bible says. I have a responsibility to say this. The Spirit clearly says clearly that some people will abandon the faith in latter times. They will obey lying spirits and follow the teachings of demons. You know, what's wrong with, with, uh, you know, this issue, what's wrong with that issue? It's like, look, if the Bible says it, I believe it doesn't make me a hater. Just because I disagree with you doesn't mean I hate you. I disagree with Jesus. If you wanna hate me because I disagree with Jesus, I'm willing to take that hate, but I'm gonna love you back. Would somebody say that with me? I will love you back. Come on, somebody say amen. But watch this. People abandon the faith. Look, people take off the yoke. They throw it aside. Things get tough. The pressure gets tough. Standing for God gets tough. There's disappointments. Joseph has lots of disappointments, brothers and sisters. This was not an easy story, but it is a powerful one. It is a vic- victorious one. It is one that you see the faithfulness of God and the glory of God and the wisdom of God and the power of God. And, the, and how God can really use a life that will surrender to God. But watch this. It says they obey lying spirits, and what we have to understand, if we don't take care of our spirit, we become susceptible. There are doorways and triggers to lying spirits. So some people, they get disappointed. You have to beware of your disappointments. Your disappointments are temporary even though they might feel eternal god it has he works all things together for our good your greatest heartbreak your greatest discouragement i'm telling you right now it doesn't change the love of jesus listen to me in philadelphia watching online in this room strong feelings do not determine god's will you're disappointed i just said this in philadelphia then tell the lord you're disappointed but then run quickly and humble yourself before the mighty hand of god that's the best place to be it's the safest place to be beware because your disappointment will get you listening to the wrong voice and you know what that is it's a lying spirit from the pit of hell. Oh, I'm supposed to leave my husband. Oh, I don't want this anymore. Oh, I'm supposed to leave my wife. That is a lie from the pit of hell. I got to look out for me right now. That's a lying spirit in the name of Jesus. We're called to serve one another. We're called to obey the Bible. All right, I didn't get an amen, but I'm just feeling like it's, it's, it's getting tight. It's getting pressure filled. I get it. My wife will say, they're just listening intently, honey. Yeah. Beware of how you handle disappointment because you run away from God's will. Look, defeat and failure, guess what? Okay, my father told me this when I was a kid, right? He says, when you go to the field, this is a Cuban illustration. When you go to the field, you you carry two shopping bags. When you come home, one of them is full. Sometimes it's the it's the win. Sometimes it's the loss. Carry your bags, because that's life. He told me that when I was nine years old. You crying? You're crying because you lost. Stop crying. That's part of life. We all fail, but we can learn from our failures. We can rise from our failures. We can do the will of God. You can live the dream. But not if you run. Not if you get into denial. You know, it's what I love about baseball. You go like this. Look, you Out of the park. Who threw that ball? I didn't throw that ball. Oh, yes, you did. And guess where they hit it? They hit it to the next county. That's life. That's life. So if you make mistakes, eat it, own it and grow from it. It's a big deal. Disagreements. Just because people disagree with you doesn't mean that you cancel them. Cancel culture is a lying demonic spirit. That's what cancel culture is. It's a lying spirit. You can still love people you disagree with, Distractions, at a certain point, can be a lying spirit. You have to understand. You have to understand. You have to discern. Can I? I'll say one more thing, and then the last point. We'll take communion. So the interesting thing about this day is that. A lot of people are going to counseling now, which I think is excellent. But I'm gonna tell you something. If you don't take the truth into your counseling session, you won't get free. And that brings me to the second point. We can live the dream if we discern it, okay? And we can live the dream if we stay in the light to walk out the dream. You have to stay in the light. So very quickly, what do I mean by stay in the light? See, when the lights are on, you can see. When the lights are off, it's harder to see. Three things that are always true about God, okay? So here's what's always true about God. God is always love. God is always light. God is always the truth. When you're making a decision in God, and when you say, well, God told me, you better check. Does this line up with his love, with his light, and with his truth? Because if not, you're denying something. Okay? Remember, dysfunction Least to denial and, and dullness and denial and deception. Some people walk away from God's will because they're not in the light. God is love, God is light, God is truth. And it's, it's an interesting thing because let's go back to the counseling. You go to the counseling. If you, the, here's the way, here's, here's the way you, you get advice, okay? Always start with what's wrong with you. That's a nice one, okay? If you have a challenge, always start with what's wrong with you. Always say the bad news, you know? If you got a business deal, look, if you're a businessman and you're gonna talk to a businessman, always start with the tough stuff. Here's my obstacles. I don't have enough money. I got this. I got this. I got this. These, this is the bad stuff. This is what I believe could come about. But if you only sell the dream but don't talk about the obstacles, guess what? You're not going to get the right advice. And so it's very, very important that you understand God is everyone. God is. God is. So look, if you if you're talking, to, you ever talk to someone and say, well, what about this? And they go, that has nothing to do with it. You're like, I didn't even get the sentence out. <laughs> do you know how often that happens in counseling? I didn't even get the sentence out. Here's what that means. That means the light is very dim. But if the light is dim, the truth is dim. You understand? So we're gonna take uh, uh, communion in one moment. But look, here's what's also true about dysfunction. Okay? What's always true about dysfunction. Dysfunction is marked by avoidance. Come on, let's say these beauties here, ready? Avoidance, blame, and shut down. So, It's so easy to see in your kids. You say, "Uh, uh, Tommy, why did you do that to Annie? You know, she did this, right? So do you know that adults are experts at that? I didn't ask you what she did. I asked you why you did what you did, you see? Which one is that? Everyone call it out. Okay, oh, it's getting hard to say words now. Hmm. Okay, spirit is working. Okay. In your marriage, in your life, in your problems. If you've got trauma in your life, stop avoiding it. If you've got anger in your life, if there's injury in your spirit, stop avoiding it. You know what the Bible says, and I'll close with this. You know what the Bible says when it says, come boldly to the throne of grace? Uh Pastor Edgar and Pastor Tim, come on up here. We're going to take communion in a moment. Just, well, be ready. let just, so look. Um, what was I saying? I'm sorry? Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you, honey, sweetie pie. Okay, so look. When the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace, here's what it means. It means, boldly means come open wide. You can see it all, Lord. You can see it all. You look at the good, the bad, and the ugly, but I'm here. And what does the Bible say? It says, so that you could receive mercy, okay? So that you could receive grace. Hallelujah, grace is God doing for you what you can't do for yourself. Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Both are a really, really good deal, but we have to be in the light. So here's what we're gonna do. I want us to have a season of prayer and we have uh, all received the communion cup. Okay, here's the last verse that I wanna read to you. This is why we're taking communion today. Watch this, okay? Everyone, and I'll I'll walk you through communion, but I just wanna make sure you have it. Everyone ought to, two words, everyone say it. To see if you're in love, light, truth, okay? Before they eat the bread and drink the cup. For those who eat the bread and drink without, come on, say that word discerning the body of Christ, okay? Uh, For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. Now, it doesn't mean that God is judging you. It means that you're not getting the power of mercy and grace. You're getting the fruit of what's wrong because you're not coming into the light. And so look, the Bible says by his what? Stripes, we are healed. God wants to heal people today. God wants to touch people today. God wants to begin a process. He wants to begin a process of transformation. He wants to bring a process of breakthrough. You mean, wait a second, I thought it was a lightning bolt. Yes, it's a lightning bolt that it's a little bit out of a time, but it starts in the light. His lightning bolts fall when you come into the light.